Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Coffee with Keith podcast. I'm your teacher and host, Keith Brown. And each week on this podcast, we coach you, the BiPlus individual, as well as others within the community, how to turn your hurting into healing and your healing into happiness. Subjects of this podcast will include sexual identity trauma, shame, family dynamics, relationships, coming out issues, bisexuality, dating, mindset, faith development within the Christian faith, and a whole lot more. Every week, you will get powerful teaching to help you create the life you desire and deserve. A couple of disclaimers, though, please. I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. If you need either of those services, please do consult a licensed professional. Also, the views expressed on this program are either those of myself or my guest and should be considered as such. All right, grab that cup of coffee, have a seat here at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Brown, and I am so thankful to have you listening to this podcast today. If you're a steady listener, thank you so much for following or subscribing to this podcast. It means a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. And I do hope that you get something from this podcast. I mean, that's why I do it, right? Wednesdays, table talks, trying to pour into those that are part of the LGBTQ plus community, trying to give you some insight, some some understanding, some opinions, some coaching, some teaching, whatever, just trying to pour into you. And then on these Fridays, I work hard to go to the, to the Bible for those that are still part of the Christian faith, especially those that have a more orthodox faith such as mine. And I try to go there and I try to draw from it and, you know, give some interpretation as best I can. Now, granted, it's not the, it's not going to be the deep dive, you know, because that's not the purpose, but it's at least some interpretation and then some application. So I'm hoping that you're getting something out of those. So if you would do me just a huge favor, whatever platform you're on right now, if you could take 30 seconds and just give it an honest five-star rating, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever the case may be. I would really appreciate that so very much. You have no idea how much it speaks to me when I see them, but it also helps us get pushed out to more people. And that's, you know, that's important because we want to grow this podcast. We want to reach more people with the positive message that we are trying to share here. Okay. So thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. Now, if you've been with me for a while, you know that Fridays are those Bible Talks episode, and today, whew, we've got a, we have got a doozy. 
Uh, also, if you've been with me for a while, you know that I have been following the lectionary, which is that group of texts that the Universal Church around the world uses on any given Sunday, thematically or tied to the Christian calendar or whatever the case may be, um, often thematically. And today is no exception. So we see this this idea scattered through all the all the readings. And what is that idea? Hmm. In times, the coming of Jesus. Ooh, talk about it. Light chat, right? Big stuff. And it seems that so many people are talking about this, especially when we see what's going on in our world today, right? People say, well, look at this, look at that, look at that. It's being fulfilled here. It's being fulfilled there. Look at that. That's a fulfillment. It just means that any day now, Jesus is coming back for his church. And, you know, truth be known, I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he's coming back today. I don't know. But what I do know is that every generation, including the apostles, believed that Jesus was going to come back in their life. and. So far, that hasn't happened. Again, not to say that it can't or it won't, but it hasn't. And yet there's so much fear-mongering that people do around this whole idea. Now, the, the big picture topic that we're talking about is eschatology, right? It is the study of end times. And when we talk about that, there are so many people that are absolutely definitive on what they believe and the, and the feelings they have around the end times. We hear things like pre-trib and post-trib. We hear things like pre-millennial and post-millennial and amillennial. And we, we hear about the, the trumpet and the, the reign of Christ and the second coming and, 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 and all the, being caught up in the air and, and the dead being raised. And, and we hear all of this. And, and we, we look at a, a text like the gospel reading today, and uh, we have to ask ourselves, why is it there? And what can we apply? Now, I want to read it to you, and I'm going to share a couple of thoughts, and, and then I'm going to be done. Okay, so let me share the, the scripture with you. I'm going to read it to you, and then we'll talk about it for just a moment. The, the text is Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. In it, we read these words. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout. Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all of those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. The wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. 
Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now, boy, that makes some good stuff, right? I mean, it's about this bridegroom's and the and they're waiting for the bridegroom and and they're being ready and then all of a sudden he comes and there's something kind of interesting if I don't know the context of this scripture and I don't know that you know it's talking about this you know eschatology of uh, slant there's something that's always struck me a little interesting about this text and I'm just going to say this it really doesn't have anything to do with this but I, I just find it interesting and you know so I'm going to share it okay I find it interesting that. Um, in this story, in this in this occasion, these brides the, these bridesmaids were were there, and they had their lamps. And when there was a need um, that some didn't have the oil, it was kind of funny because those that did said, "Uh, uh-uh, you're not getting any of ours. Go go buy some. You know, we we got ours. We're not going to give you any." And I I know th- I know the purpose of all that if we look at it contextually and what we're trying to you know what you know the message of this, this story, but. It just kind of streaks me funny because it just seems so um, in contradiction to the idea of Christianity. And it seems like it's a, a sort of a conflict with the giving and the love and the care and the selflessness that we are supposed to have as Christians. But um, again, we got to look at it contextually. Okay, so what is the idea? Basically, to be ready if Jesus comes back. And again, people have been talking about this forever, and they think that Jesus is coming back that very day. Or they start to, you know, you've seen this on on uh, social media. He's coming back on November 18th at 2.35 in the afternoon. Be ready, you know? And I have seen this time and time again, over and over and over. But what I want to tell you, folks, that if you have somebody telling you with all absolute certainty things about the second coming of Christ or the end times, if you have somebody speaking absolute certainty into you, I would say be very careful. Don't drink the grape juice. Because here's the thing. There is no complete understanding about the end times. Even Jesus said, you know, you're not going to know. You're not going to know. And, and there's, there's all these questions we have. Just think about the terms that we have. We have pre-trib, post-trib. We have pre-millennial, post-millennial, amillennial. And then we have the rapture, which some people believe dates back to the early 1800s and then took flight through the evangelical church, which has become truly a tenet of the evangelical church now about the rapture, meaning that Jesus is going to come back and rapture his church away before any tribulation and any hardships so that they would be lifted up and others would be left behind to just suffer, really. And this, it's ironic that this whole idea was sort of given birth and magnified through fiction, through novels. And yet there is so much talk about the rapture. Now, there is sprinklings of some writings that people have suggested um, sort of hint at a rapture predating the 1800s, but to take root really is when that happened. And then it became, again, very popularized in the evangelical church today. But for a lot of Christian history, the rapture itself, meaning this free trip come and snatch his church away, leaving others to suffer and all this kind of stuff, um, that really wasn't a teaching um, as far as the mainline church for, for, that, for 
most of its history. So anyway, so there's that that people talk about. And a lot of times people come to me and say, Keith, what do you think about the end times? You know, are you seeing everything around us? What do you think is going to happen? And my usual response is a little flippant, to be honest with you. I sometimes look at people and say, well, you know what? I'm a pan-millennialist. And they look at me like, what does that mean? And I go, it's going to pan out in the end. <laughs> and I, I know that is a cowardly response. I know that that is a, a flippant response. I know that that's kind of a, you know, maybe even a rude response, but it's, it's how I feel because I don't know. You know, even this gospel of Matthew, when it talks about it, all of these texts are fueled, for instance, from the book of Revelation, where people think that the book of Revelation is the, the book about the end of the world, the, the end times and the coming of Christ. But ironically, there are different understandings even about the book of Revelation. First of all, we have to go back to the canonization process. There were people who believed in the canonization process that Revelation was not holy text and should not be included in the canon. So we have to begin there, asking, should it have even been part of the Bible? Now, ultimately, it was voted in, and it was accepted, and of course, over history, it's become considered part of Scripture. But then we we take and we go, okay, if it is Scripture, and we are to look at it and lift it up as such, then how do we interpret it? And there again, we have so many varied opinions. Some people believe that this is truly an end times book, that it is about future events that have yet to take place. And when these events begin to take place and all this stuff happens, then Jesus will come again, right? There are people who strongly believe that. And I, and I know because I've heard that all my life. I was taught that all my life. So I, I understand there are many people who do. And then you have other people who believe, and there's good scholarship behind the fact that they believe that this particular letter was written to the Christians of that time in a way to help them gain strength against the Roman Empire. So instead of looking forward to end times, this is a reflection back on what was taking place during this particular time in history around the Roman Empire. So again, there's so many different understandings. And here's the thing, again, if somebody comes to you and says, you know, the Bible is clear, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and then they start even putting these calendars in front of you and drawing these maps and these schedules and stuff, then that's when I'm going, Yo, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. How, how are you so certain about this stuff? And I, I, I remember, again, when I've had people come to me when I was pastor and say, Keith, do a Bible study in Revelation, and I found every reason under the sun not to do it. And the reason for it is because I, I struggle, because I don't understand all this. I believe because I have studied from different scholars about all this end-time stuff, I know that many of them do not agree. So if they can't agree, how am I with certainty know what is going to happen? And that's the thing. I don't think we have to. Here's what I mean by that. If we look at this text in Matthew, we talk about the bridegrooms coming, and these maidens are there with their oil lamps, and they're going into the wedding feast, and that's a celebration. This is the thing that I think is important, okay? Two lessons here, 
And if I hold on to these, this is this this is what I think is important based on this text and this whole idea of the end times. Number one, have the right spirit. These bridesmaids were there with anticipation, with excitement. They were looking forward to something. And I believe that if you and me, if we just really want to be honest with this whole thing, just say, you know what? I am just going to fall deeper and deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. I'm going to love him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to be excited to one day be with him and, 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 and let it go with that and, and be excited about that. And then secondly, be prepared. They, the, the wise ones here were prepared with their oil. They were ready. You know, I'm not saying that we have to be perfect. And, you know, you got to look over your shoulder and go like, Ooh, I shouldn't have done that. What if Jesus came this very moment and he saw me do that? I have often heard people say, you know, before you do something, ask yourself, what would I think if Jesus came back right now and I was doing this? And there's this, this idea of, of, you know, heaviness that's put on our shoulders about this. And, and here's the thing that I believe. I believe, I believe for me, and I'm just talking about me, okay? I do, as Keith, I do not need to know all about the end of time. I don't need to know what is going to happen. I don't need to understand exactly what will happen. I don't have to try to figure out when something will happen. I don't have to understand or figure out any of that stuff with certainty. Why? Because my job, my goal, my calling is just to follow Jesus as best I can every day. And if I do that, even in my imperfect way, even in my moments of weakness, even in my times of failure, even when I don't live up to even my expectations of what I should be in when it comes to a relationship with Christ, even so, if I do my best to love him with my heart, follow him with my life, and give myself to his service, then guess what? It goes back to what I said before, pan millennials. It's going to pan out. No matter what, I'm going to be okay. And that's what I want to pour into you today, my friend. I want to give you some encouragement. When all this stuff is going on and people are looking at these rumors of wars and these hardships and disease and COVID and talking about, oh, it's a sure sign. We are, you know, the end times are upon us. And they talk about all this stuff. It can scare anybody. But I just want to say, we don't have to be scared. We just need to trust. We just need to say, Jesus, I don't get it. I honestly don't understand everything, God. I don't understand what your ultimate plan is. I don't understand what you will do and how you will do it. But I do know that what you've asked me to do is love you. And that I can do. What do you think, my friend? Should we just concentrate on doing that and let the fear mongers have their way somewhere else and have confidence that God loves us? That's what I'm going to do. I don't know about you. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks for listening. I know. I got a little wound up. This was one of those soapbox moments. I'm sorry. But anyway, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.